Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Rink, rink, rink a ding a ding, rink a ding. You can buy magma at sospresents.com. Magma? What? Yeah, you can. Down at sospresents.com. Why don't you go down at sospresents.com and get yourself magma? It's 10 bucks Australian. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas and I'm I'm ready for this, Alastair. Oh my gosh. You know how they say you always um you always fuck up the first pancake? Y- yes. And well, I feel like I'm onto the third pancake and and this 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 skillet, she is humming. Oh, I wow. am I am up to speed and the, there's just that right grease to heat ratio. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and we've already eaten the first two mungers. Yes, we've re- we've we've eaten the mungers, and we've seen the face of hell. That's right. And... <laughs> we've we've gotten rid of those drafts, and now yes. only the perfect uh, phraseology mm-hmm. and the perfect. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. textured pancake uh, yes. is now coming out, and uh, this will be the perfect episode, and which is episode two hundred and fifty, Andy. Um, hello, and welcome to episode two hundred and fifty, Alistair. Here's what I'm picturing, right? I'm sick of making pancakes the old-fashioned way. What I want is a it is an enormous sort of ba- like basically like a pre pre-baked pancake dough br- sort of salami. Right, it's yeah. got a diameter of about thirty centimeters. Okay. Okay, and then I'm just slicing off pancakes on my um my enormous uh meat meat slicing machine. Yeah. Crepe, you know, and the crepes are just falling away, sheet after sheet of perfect crepe, all cooked through. Yeah, and so they're already uh, cooked. You don't have to. Do you warm them or do you steam them or something? Or you just um, have them cold? Let's see. <laughs> you, you have them cold. <laughs> we're we're removing every single one of the enjoyable elements of the pancake. <laughs> the freshness. You have them cold, the and you eat them flat. You eat them flat with no no toppings. I mean, so you're just yeah. I'm I'm into the you know I'm into the big thing. I mean, you could cut it as well with one of those cheese slicers. You know, mm, with the wire cheese yeah. wire. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. You have a, you'd have to have a special one. You know what or, I saw? You know, maybe you're doing on a guillotine. What, what, what could work is just tipping the whole the whole thing of batter into a rice cooker. <laughs> you're right. Yes, that's beautiful. And then you cook like a pancake log. Yeah. And then and then you do you do slice it with a cheese wire. Yeah, or a big and, bread knife or something, and then you just get it out for the whole family. Mm-hmm. You, you you carve it at the table like it's like it's a <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> That's turkey. That's Dad's job. 
Oh, oh, this is this is this is glorious. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And this, yeah is this absolutely. a sketch? This is this is like the richness of the, mm. this family that only eats pancakes. <laughs> the richness is this is the, this symbolic of their richness? Well, it's the richness. Like they show you that you don't have to eat other thing, things other than pancakes to have a rich existence. Mm. They show you there's plenty of variety in pancakes. You know what? You're absolutely right. I am sick of this. You know, I, I you know how some people think that um, Valentine's Day was invented by Hallmark to sell cards? You know, I think that all other foods were invented by food people. Companies. To make us buy food that isn't, <laughs> that isn't pancakes. You know, food was just made by food companies to sell us food. <laughs> <laughs> well... What? Show me the lie, Alastair. There's not. Show me the lie. It's genuinely. I mean, if anything, it shows us the flaws in the Hallmark argument. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) You know those. You know those Valentine's Day cards. They only make those those because they want you to buy them. (laughs) They're not doing that because they actually love your girlfriend. Yeah, they. They don't just want you to have a nice time with your girlfriend. They mm. they made that up to sell a product you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um I've written down the... pancake family. But yeah, I mean right. maybe they that could communicates the idea in the you know in a totally unambiguous way. I think I think maybe there's also an argument in there where they're like you know people t- talk about just eating pancakes like it's a bad thing, but it's a lot like being married to one person for your whole life. No one would say that's a bad thing. Mm. Right? Sure, it's the same thing over and over again. But you fold it in different ways and you yeah. and you and you cut them in different ways and uh and you pour different syrups on them. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh you um sometimes you use it to make smaller pancakes. Yes, and the the Dutch have have them, but they're they have lots of little ones. Like with their wives. Exactly. Exactly. Do people say that having pa- just having pancakes is bad in some way? Is there like a pancake prejudice that I am totally not aware of? Because I genuinely think they're one of the greatest foods. Um, I don't. I think. I think the only time in which people would say that it's a bad thing is if you're having it for every meal. <laughs> which these people are. <laughs> and they're disproving it as well, though. They're actually they're saying, the yeah, you don't need to have... to the rule yeah. <laughs> that creates and disproves its own rule. Yeah, you don't need to have vitamins or minerals. Mm. That's actually a myth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> made up by by um, Big, dirt yeah. to make you eat it <laughs> by rocks. Well, I, I remember reading some stuff about diet, and they were like, you know, we 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 talk a lot of shit about diet, but then there were some cultures that would just eat seal blubber, and they would be fine. Mm. They would be fine, but they would all die by forty. But you know, it's not like 
I, I think I, you know, I but, know, I know, I, I but is that is that true as well? It's as true as as because that's. Um, I mean, in your heart, that's what you want to be true, isn't it? Um. Yeah, I do. I do <laughs> want. Uh, <laughs> I do want that. I want life. The lifespans of of. People, you know, people who just eat people's meal. living in the Arctic Circle to be really low. No, That's but, what I want. No, but deep down, you don't want to believe that people could eat nothing but seal blubber and and live to eighty five. <laughs> well, you, um, I I don't I don't think that those cultures would have had a great lifespan, but I do think that there's a very good chance that those the, that there were other risk factors associated with having an extremely remote. Extremely hard but lifestyle within the Arctic Circle that might have been responsible for that. Sure, but I understand. But, but you also don't want someone <laughs> who eats seal blubber. You wouldn't. It wouldn't make you happy to know that if you ate nothing but seal blubber, you could still live for for as long as you think you're going to live. <laughs> Alistair, we both know that I'm on the way out b- b- via some self-inflicted domestic industrial accident by yeah. the time I'm 45. There, mm-hmm. there, the clock is ticking on this <laughs> on this bad boy. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And, uh, and it's a clock that I've I've made out of bits of an old saw. That's a, it's a clock that you're exposed trying to... Exposed wires are close to my eye. <laughs> Yeah, God, that would be great. Actually, do you think you could make start making a clock that is the the clock that is counting down how long you have to live? Mm. And could you put it in your house? Yeah, what uh, I think I think what you've des- you're describing there is a uh, a, t- a time bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I've invented a clock that ticks down the amount of time you have left to live. It it's it's a hundred percent accurate. And explodes violently. And then if it doesn't kill you, it also sends in uh, an assassin, right? It uses up the remaining bits of your savings (laughs) on an assassin to finish you off. Yeah, you have to give it to your access to all your bank accounts. (laughs) (laughs) But it's 100% accurate. The the Um, one thing that would be the pain in the ass of doing that, as much as it would be great for a joke... It's just having to learn yeah. how to program to like figure out how to give a program that you're writing access to your bank account. But you realize how close we were to knowing all of this stuff, Alistair. Like we went to university with people who would know how to do this. We sat in classes with people who would know how to do all of this kind of stuff, right? All this microelectronic bullshit, all this programming and 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 you know, my little computers and things. And the teachers, they tried to teach us this. Yeah. And, and we, we didn't take it in. Yeah. We scraped through. I want you to know that I was... looked at it again. Despite, despite being in those courses, I don't think I was ever close to being able to know this stuff. It was... Uh... Well, but, well I, guess, I guess it was there for the taking. Yeah. All I'm... we needed to do was reprogram our brains. Unless they've like, just written some... Care. They've written some new easier programming languages. Mm. And maybe they have. Maybe they've made them slightly easier. Maybe there's just like they're more intuitive. 
I think they're they're constantly making them easier and more intuitive, but it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough because we're not going to sit down and take the time to to work out how to apply it on any level. I think I've still got a chance. I think I've got a chance still. You you were the one who was telling me that you were nowhere near it. No, I know. And it was never going to happen. But I believe that I can learn. Mm. <laughs> Um, and the one thing I'm trying to teach you is that you can't, Alastair, and it's just not going in. Now, is anything in any of this, Andy, sketch ideas? Because remember, this is our no, 200, no, it isn't. This is our big 250th episode. What about in this seal blubber thing? <laughs> mm. um, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, it does feel like there is the possibility to make your body so toxic that that disease is incapable of surviving inside your body, right? Really, like, you just want to take, take your body up to the very point of unlivability, for, like, like th- that it is not capable of sustaining any life, mm-hmm. and then you just need to take it back by one so that it is only capable of sustaining one life, and that's your life. So you go right up to the line, and then you just step back, and then you're golden. So then all the bacteria right. that lives inside you and stuff like that that helps keep you alive, they all die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need them anyway. Yeah. I think that's a myth. Yeah, they're going I, along their I, own way. Mm-hmm. And also you think I'm a, um, it's gross. It is gross. I don't like to think of myself as being dependent on, what are they, like worms or grubs or something like that? Some would be and, some would just be single celled organisms. Mm, disgusting. Yeah. No, I'm a man. I'm a man. I think somebody I who don't tries need, to need no. Well also somebody who just tries to make themselves clean. Mm. You know, like I think you could you could picture like a somebody who like, you know, maybe a lady who doesn't like bugs trying to get a cleanse that actually kills any other life that's in her body. Because there's no such yes. thing as good. That's bacteria. the real purge, isn't it? Yeah. If it was good, um, it wouldn't be bacteria. <laughs> I, you could you like you know? I feel that we are on the path to possibly being able to replace all of those bacteria with tiny robots, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say nowhere near. Oh, but, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I think in order to do that, you would have to understand the per- every purpose of those things. Mm. And I think that yep. we might be able to understand one or two purposes that they have, but then we don't understand their mm. sort of their their place in a greater system. Right, you're saying that it's all sort of all sort of connected. Like, what if they're what if when they're they they die, their body is used. To do mm. something, and then you know their decomposing body plays a part in absorption and allows you to, oh. you know, it's all like and it's all these yeah. little signals, little signals that kind of go like you know when this goes up because of these things, you know these things dying, then that means that tells the body to create more of this thing, which helps with the production of this stuff that allows to create these other things, and you go. Oh. It's too hard building robots to do that. <laughs> I wonder, you know, all right, 
maybe I can't get rid of all the bacteria then, and maybe I can't have a robot, but what if I could just swap out all of the bacteria for one other organism, right? And then maybe just like have a rat that lives in my stomach. Mm-hmm. And that or that's, that sort of chews up all the food. <laughs> yeah. So, so you swallow food whole. I swallow food whole. I basically do. Oh. And uh, Maybe you and could just rat. have like one of those metal, you know, like one of those metal kind of drawer slot things that you have when you go to like a foreign exchange kind of booth. Mm. And you just have one of those in your front. And you just yes. open that and it goes clunk and you put things in so and then you close it in and then the rat inside just eats it. Yeah, or I pull out that that drawer and it's just like a tray, mm. okay? And it's just full of maggots. Yeah. Okay? And they're all just squirming and writhing in there. Yeah. And then I just drop the food into that. Yeah. And then I close the drawer and and then they sort of compost it. Yeah, and the rat okay. eats the maggots. Okay. <laughs> well, in this one I was doing away with a rat, and oh. uh, it was it was a full maggot based system. I oh, you know it'd be good. Just it's think... like that. It's maggots and rats, and when you open mm. it, you've got to keep you got to keep your hand up to stop the rat and maggots from escaping because <laughs> they're really expensive. Yeah. 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 They're all on little chains. And does that mean you that you? I guess in either the maggot or the rat scenario that you poop out either rat shits, tiny little rat shits, <laughs> or in the maggot scenario, I imagine you poop out dirt, rich, fertile soil. Mm, or maybe just fully grown blowflies just fly out of your ass. Oh, yes. Maybe when you need to poo, your, your ass starts to buzz. And a cloud. And then you, I guess you sort of pull the flap down off of your sort of one piece um, (laughs) underwear with the big butt flap and you point your ass at the sky. (laughs) You pull the flap down and out they come one at a time. And then you you realize you forgot to open the screen door. And then they're all trapped in the window. And you don't want to touch them because you know they've been inside dun, dun, your, your dun. ass. But they're, mm. they're bumping all the inside of your ass up against the walls and the windows. And... Well, I think in this in this universe, you'd have a um, the toilet when you go into the bathroom. The toilet wouldn't be on the floor. It would be on the roof. And you'd have to sort of climb up and sort of hanging upside down, use your arm strength and... And sort of maybe hook your feet into some little hooks on the ceiling, yeah. and sort of press your butt up against the toilet that is in fact a a vent that goes out to the sky above. Mm-hmm. Um, Where our Lord maybe is. there's some suction. Where our Lord. <laughs> and you point your um, you point your your butt at him. And do you think you would have to sort of apply pressure to get the the Blowflies out. Straining is what you're saying. Yeah, or would you, you just strain? let them crawl out, or do you think you'd have to help them find the exit? Um, do you think you'd have to use your fingers to open it up so that they can find the light? <laughs> I think that there's a um, a new kind of a bidet system that has little claws, sort of like they used to hold the guy's open eyes open in Clockwork Orange. 
Nice. But it, it does that for you. But the, the claws are made of water because it's a bidet or is it? Because it's a bidet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, is this the most horrible thing we've ever discussed? <laughs> I've, I've written it down as maggot rat guts. And <laughs> I was just trying to get rid of all that gross stuff in there. Oh, you got it all out in one. Yeah, and I just well got done. it with a tray of maggots um, and a bit of polyp. Uh, Alistair, on one of our failed attempts to record this podcast earlier, when I just didn't pick up my mic, I just left my microphone lying <laughs> on the ground and just yeah. talked to the open air mm-hmm. for a good 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we did come up with the idea of the Titanic. Which is Titanic Trantanic. 2. Titanic 2, but this time it's a train. No, it's on a train. It's a lot of the it's same train. Cast. It was too big to be derailed. That's what they said about this train. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's because it was too big to go on tracks. <laughs> right. Probably. But they they have little um, lifeboat trains to you know hanging, dangling off the side that everyone can climb into in the event of an emergency. But it was and, also you were saying that it was a train with no that that you take off road. Maybe that was a separate. Well, idea. that was a. Separate idea, okay. Alistair. Sorry. I was going to let that one die with the old podcast. That's That was a sort of a, an intermediate step towards what I thought was such a brilliant idea of doing Titanic but on a train. Yeah. And, and you know what it could but, be? It could be that um, the people who perished in the Titanic, what you find out is their souls are trapped for whatever reason to be in sort of major catastrophes and in mm. every in every reincarnation of their life they come mm-hmm. back as themselves and their mm. their fate is around the same age in each life mm. is to they're all brought together brought together and they probably don't recognize each other they don't realize that they're you know that they have lived a thousand lives and gone through a thousand man-made disasters, mm. but they uh, here they are on this train that's too big to fail on top of a mm. hill that they, they built it on top of a big mountain. Wait, I think what we're describing is just Snowpiercer. Now, I haven't seen it, but Snowpiercer is a, is a, is a, is a big old train that goes around the world. Yeah. And it, I was, because I was thinking there'd be like all the different class systems on the train. But they have that on Snowpiercer. So do you think Snowpiercer Actually, is just... Actually, they have that just on regular trains as well, don't so they? So Snowpiercer like just flight. Titanic 2. I think it might be. Yeah. But yeah. I think, There's also lots of ice. But I think that's also by the Parasite guy. Oh. And, and Bong? Parasite. Bong? Jun Ho? Yeah. Mmm. Um, right. Something like that. And... And... Parasite is a sort of a class thing and mm. um, could be Titanic 3. <laughs> this time it's a house. <laughs> this time it's a It's a, a Korean family. city. Mm, a society. It's a society that's collapsing. That, yes. Um, but look, Andy, despite the fact that you're finding a hole in this, uh, 
Mm. You know, I think maybe the sketch can be in these people whose lives are trapped as well. Okay. And the you know yeah. it's in the series. It's in the the infinite series. The recurring. Next, then there's Titanic three, which could be on a four wheeler. Mm. They're four all wheel, on there though. A four wheeler that was too big to fail. That was too big <laughs> to flip over and land on top of the driver. <laughs> we solve the problem of people being crushed by four wheelers by making the four wheelers bigger. <laughs> And for multiple people. Um, I do do like the idea of um, no. It's the idea that was in my head is is not something that can actually be expressed in words or be uh, be communicated. Please ignore me. Okay. I was going to say something about how um, people who drive four-wheel drives off-road, yeah. like imagine if there was just a like a version of that just for for like running, but then I think that's just sort of bushwalking and orienteering and all that sort of thing. I think taking cars off, taking human bodies off-road is not that an unusual <laughs> a concept. Do you ever, you know, like when you feel by the ocean, Go just mm. walking across the rocks. Yeah, you know, like like yeah, I love that. Like the big sort of cliffy rocks. Yeah, that's the best. It's really good, isn't like, it? Like, it's we're talking like the area where there's like rock pools and stuff. Like, you get there'll be like some rock, rock pools. pools, and they'll be like you know down the bottom, the the, the waves will be crashing up against the rocks and stuff. And mm. yeah, you like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really like you're you're in a sort of a well, a very interesting intermediate d- zone, aren't you? Because you're in the area where the the land and the sea are basically trying to sort out their differences, mm. you know, and and they've done done mighty battle over many eons, mm. and you're in that kind of no man's land there, where it's all pockmarked with the uh, you know the craters. Of um, of the battle, the mighty battle that has been sure. fought there, you know, and the and the rock has been winning a lot. Do you think? Do you think in in, sure. in rock versus water? Like we often talk about how much the water wears away at the rock, but that mm. water's getting pretty pummeled every time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like if you were, it's like if you were, you know you were from this family of strong people and your name was Chuck, right? Mm. And and then you just had a, this rivalry with this guy who was from a family that produced a lot of children, but everybody was really weak. Mm. That, right? Um, and uh, and you every day at lunchtime, you'd meet up with them and you would fight... Uh, the weak family with the, the let's call them the weeks and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and John week, who was the, the main, the ringleader of them. Uh, he's the, yeah. the one in your ear. He would, he would sick his, uh, his sort of 200 brothers on you. The and, weak brothers. Eh? The weak brothers. 
like that. And he would mm. throw them. They'd be sort of weakly and stuff like that. And they would sort of just crumple on you like, uh, you know, sort of like paper planes and, and, mm. and sort of, uh, you know, like uh, pipe cleaners and stuff. They just kind of bend around yeah. you as they hit you and stuff. Sure. And, and then yeah. at the end of the lunchtime, you haven't you even eaten your lunch, but you've sort of just been dealing with this thing. You're not really injured, but let's say um, one of them, that plastic bit on their shoelace scratched your face, mm. right? And then they would be like, ah, the weeks are really wearing away. <laughs> Chuck, you know, by the end of the week, yeah. you, know, you, you know, maybe on the way to the, to the battle, you tripped over and you yep. scraped your elbow and something like that. People would be like, ah, well, <laughs> interesting. See how the mighty are. Um, worn down by the weeks. Yeah, I mean it's it does feel unfair because the water is already just individual molecules, right? It's never tried to be anything else. It's never tried to build anything. It's never cr- tried to create. It's just it's just this sort of formless. You know, I mean, you can't you can't h- hurt water. It's it's. It and it, you know, we we talk about oh, well, the water's taking it down. But what's the water ever done? Yeah, you know, oh, the water, the water can destroy the mightiest mountain. Sure, but at least the mountain tried. The mountain was well, something. Like, yes, and the water just, just, you know, just a critic f- flops around, wobbles about, never, never makes, never builds, gives a thumbs down to everything. Dreams, yeah. It's um except for except for in like uh, icy areas. Yeah, well, obviously, obviously in icy areas. areas. But even then, it's yeah, pretty sure. destructive. Yes, yeah, still just sort of grinding away, glacial. Um, yeah, I wonder if we can use. It, it would be good to be able to use glaciers for something. Maybe we would preserve them more if we could find a way in which to. Harness their power. You know that very slow movement. Maybe have we considered them out using for, them to for, for ice slides? Hollowing them out for ice slides, sure. You know, because um, I mean, then there's a uh, if you go, you know, oh, we're all going to Greenland for the uh, ice slide capades. With that, and we'll be like, mm. oh, those are, that sounds great. They go, oh yeah, there's a big ice slide company who's um, working really hard to keep the uh, keep those uh, things from melting because uh, mm. they're bringing in two hundred million dollars a year in yeah. uh, in revenue, and so they're uh, you know they're developing technology to really keep uh, these things alive. But it, does that technology involve sort of hollowing them out so they're just like a shell of a glacier? Sure. So sort of def- destroying them in a way, in a way. But well, there's that part. Uh, but then it's kind of like Jenga, you know. Then you got to add some on top to keep them alive, to keep them going. Right. Yeah. Keep them. Keep them solid. I mean, it is. It, I do like this approach of like treating it like you know, like you do with elephants. You turn the elephants into a resource, and so there's you know there's tourism and that sort of thing. So there's more of an incentive to. To, to protect them than there is with you know with the alternative of, of approach of poaching, so we are just doing that with glaciers. We're you know 
we're we're turning them into something fun for kids. I think it's funny. The whole family to a big glacier. I think the idea that we would let rich people sort of take Hunt a them. take a flamethrower <laughs> to them. Yes. Yes, Alistair. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. Um, because again, you know, well, we, we then still need glaciers. If there's there's a business built around the destruction of glaciers, then you've got to have glaciers to destroy. Uh, otherwise, that business will collapse. Exactly. And so that's that's the that's what it is. But maybe yeah. like maybe all it takes. Maybe it turns out all it takes to like save it is just to get a big hose up there and just water them. Water the glaciers, you know. That's all it takes to kind of keep them going, especially those those up high Greenland ones. I think what you're describing might actually cause them to melt faster, Alistair. It <laughs> uh, sounds like you no? haven't tried. I don't know, Andy. I don't know. Just you know, I, I don't know if I trust you on this. You're the guy who wants people who eat seal blubber to die at a young age, so. I feel like I'm getting going um, in this with the part with a positive attitude. Was, was that in this episode? Was that in this version of this episode? I can't remember. Anyway, oh yeah, because this has got pan- pancake family that eats. Oh, okay, great. Um, uh, but I, I like that that you know some rich person would go and melt a glacier with their flamethrower, and then they like get a photograph of them taken of them standing in a puddle. Yeah, that is just like all that <laughs> remains of the glacier in their gum boots. And then that photo goes viral and they get, you know, torn apart <laughs> by the online mob. Yeah. Because they melted a, and then I guess a you could... rare endangered. Yeah. But you, they don't even drink it. When I melt a glacier, I make sure I drink every part of the glacier. And they go, oh, that's actually a really old glacier that had <laughs> moved beyond its purpose. Mm. I wonder if there are any of those. You know what's probably not. You know what's crazy? I, I reckon that just just by saying this out loud in this recording, it puts the idea out there, and it, it was never a thing that people had thought that maybe they wanted to do. But now I could imagine that it's a product that people actually would want to do. They would want to melt a glacier. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are some in New Zealand, um, and you could picture. I mean, I've met some New Zealand people who I think they would go, man, that's heaps fun, melting glaciers with a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. And they should think, why shouldn't we get to melt our own glacier? Um, I think, you know, if it's part of the culture. Well, yeah, melt, but all it takes them. is to start doing it and then it's part of your culture. Yeah, that's true. Can still just be a reason part. Nobody said it was a good part, but it is a part yeah. of it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, yeah, really good. 
I feel like we've talked about um, just on the topic of Titanic. Yeah. Did we talk about the Titanic from the point of view of the iceberg? Is that a thing that we talked about on a previous episode of the show? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's something that somebody has explored. It's such an obvious twist on that story, yeah. right? To 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 do that, but I want to know who was driving the bloody glacier. Mm, oh, get into the captain of the Titanic for not avoiding the t- iceberg. Who was driving the iceberg? I mean, there's more players in here, Andy. What about the ocean? You know, mm. what about the sky? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the ultimate bystander, the sky, yeah. did nothing. Um, um, like, I mean, yeah. what, what, how, would, right. how, would that, how, how would that affect the sky that, that, the, <laughs> that this boat ran into this glacier down on the ocean? It's the yeah, it, it, I, well, I think... When the ship goes under the water, mm. I mean, it, is, does the sky have? Uh, does the sky get more volume to occupy at that point? Does the sky have a limited space that it can occupy? And by putting more objects on the surface of the Earth, are we in some way taking up sky space? I don't mm. think we are. I don't think we are. Well, it depends because I, I mean, think there's ultimately, yeah. Just as much sky space, regardless, and it can probably just go further out into into space so, if it wants to. But, but if we expand the atmosphere, if we built up an extra meter of Earth by taking underground dirt and putting it on top mm. of the surface, yes, all over the world, let's say mm. at least you know all over where there's land, would that would where the Atmosphere ends. Would that move further up? Would that move further out? Um, well, I don't. No, I don't think so. Because, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you for why. Because I think that the space that we dug underground would the 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 sky would go down into that, mm. right? Yeah, and, and and pour down into it, and so I think ultimately the outer reaches of the atmosphere would remain unaffected. Well, or maybe they would actually go down. Mm, no, because I think the same volume, it's all about volume. <laughs> and if we're just moving dirt around mm. down underground to up above, I don't think we've um, displaced anything. Ultimately. Well, we've probably made the dirt that we've ta- put on top less compact than it was underground. Uh, yes, that's that's true. And I'll tell you one thing we could do yeah. is we could... Um, Get things from underground like like coal, mm-hmm. burn it, and keep all the gases that are released in. Oh no, maybe that's not burning. I was going to say keep all the gases that are released in a big big bag, yeah, an enormous balloon, and that would push some atmosphere out of the way, and and that might increase the overall size of the atmosphere, you know, or push it further out into space. I don't know if this helps us. Does this stop global warming in some way? Oh, I don't know yet. I know. Well, I mean, I guess if if instead of you know if we used coal power plants and we filled up these balloons, that you know the the air would be very dark, 
inside these balloons. And we filled up the sky with those so that a big percentage of the sky is taken up by them. That would block yeah. out, I guess, a bunch of sun from being able to maybe reach the Earth. Yes. Yes, maybe that's something. Um, Let's give it a go. It's on the list, Alistair. But why would it's it stay the in the list. air? Why would it stay in the air? Um, the the big balloon. Yeah, it's being held up there by a helicopter. Yeah, or I guess that's what we could use space elevators for. Yeah, when are we going to get those? Oh, it just doesn't seem. Hey, somebody I saw somebody tweet about seeing nine stars kind of in the sky move by pretty quickly, and it looks like it's that um, Elon Musk Starlink. Or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, no way. And that they're just like yeah, right. really quite bright and they travel in a line and you can just see them from Earth, which kind of annoys me, actually. Mm. Like, I like. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see them. Yeah, I kind of like being able to see the uh, ISS and, and I've seen it a couple of times now from my backyard and I quite like that mm. because you see it and you think about how there's people up there. But then when you see. The other one, you kind of go, oh, that's Elon Musk's product. Yeah, and there's a fuckload of them, right? And they're all over the Earth, and they are in a very low orbit, mm. like in this very accessible orbit that um, I guess is probably more visible and and is getting filled up with junk. But, but like, they're putting it over, like, you know, you can put... You can you can put a satellite up there. Do you need permission from anybody to put one up there? I think you do. Or can you just do it? I think you do. I think but who? Who would stop you? Well, I think that there's a, there's a, a body that monitors all this stuff and gives you permission. Because or else you can send your stuff up and it'll just collide with things. Mm. Well, I think that, you know, it'll get to that point where where things will be colliding. And then once they collide, they break into tiny, tiny pieces because they're travelling so fast. And then there's just tiny little bits of crap whizzing around in that level of the um, whatever. And it becomes totally useless because once there are little bits of stuff flying around, they're going so fast, they smash into everything else, smash everything else into pieces. And it just becomes this haze of junk and you can't put any more satellites up there, and it might even make it dangerous to launch anything into space because we've got filled up our low orbit with, um, you know, basically um, obstacles. Sure, but I mean, it's a pretty big area, though, right? Like, it's bigger than the surface of the Earth. Yeah, but we can fill it up. <laughs> we can, we can, we you, can ruin it with jokes. If you've ever moved into a bigger house with a bigger garage... <laughs> Um, yeah. Now, is there a sketch I of any of this? What we should do is we should move to the moon, mm-hmm. not for the purposes of, um, you know, accessing the resources or anything like that, or or saving our planet necessarily, but just move. Let's move all of humanity to the moon for twenty years, right? And just learn to have to deal with a much smaller space. Okay, 
and then when we come back mm-hmm. to Earth, it'll seem huge, and we, you know, it'll be it'll be so great. Yeah, and we'll and we will have trimmed down all the stuff that we needed. Uh, exactly, and so we'll come back, and we'll be like, well, I guess. I mean, but then we'll all be poor because we will have kept everything in storage. That makes us poor? Well, do you think if we'd put everything in sort of temporary storage, you know, like one of those locking places that makes you pay a per week fee? Oh, the cost of it. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been ruined by the cost of all the the long-term storage while we went to the moon. <laughs> no, I think I think... Everything that you don't take with you to the moon gets shot into the sun, okay? So we'll just go to the moon, Mm -hmm. we learn to live with less, we keep only what we need, and then when we come back to Earth, we each have just a couple of things, you know, and that's that's it. We've we've got back to the basics. (laughs) Um, Ah, I've just got this space suit. And this um, sort of multi, this, uh, multi-purpose yeast rehydrator, <laughs> and this uh, computer that can suck you off. <laughs> mm. so, I guess I don't need my my jungle gym anymore. Sorry, Andy, I say. <laughs> no, I mean, you made it funny, Alistair. That's fantastic. Um, um, uh, uh, but, like, is there some way to sort of incorporate a Marie Kondo kind of element into this and turn this into some kind of a sketch? Yeah. Right? Like, what if it's Marie Kondo, but instead of does it spark joy, she's saying, does this allow you to survive on the moon? Yeah, I mean, I think if we just describe this idea that we're mm. moving everybody away, we're kind of giving the Earth a chance, mm. and then we're also learning to live with less. Mm. I mean, it's hard to believe that this wouldn't be just some plan by the rich so that they can just have all to of Earth Get to everyone themselves. off the Earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it'll take a leaf of faith and we'll make them promise that that's not what they're doing. Yeah. And the rich need us so that we can do all the things that get them the luxury items. Yeah. That's the things that they don't want to get rid of. I think once they get the robots, they will actually just want to get rid of us. Right. Once they have robot slaves. Yeah, but they need people to fix the robots. Fuck all these people around here. I, it would be great if we could just ship them off. But then what you're, what you're basically saying is that, all right, well, this is the best robots that we can get and so like they won't unless they can make unless we make a robot that can design robots Mm, which we will okay all right and then then that's the singularity isn't it yeah um Um, we could avoid the singularity by building a robot but designing it in such a way that the robot that builds robots is only capable of building worse robots than itself Mm-hmm. Not better. Oh, and each successive generation of robots becomes shitter and shitter. <laughs> and if they want, they can take over, yeah. but it's going to be a, a bit of a decline. But I feel by telling them what a shitter robot is, we're somehow telling them what a better robot is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
So then suddenly we're giving them information about what's going to make them stronger and better. Well, then maybe we we just need to sow like the seeds of disinformation somehow amongst robots, Mm. like in the way that our society is being torn (laughs) apart by disinformation. And we somehow trick the robots into thinking that better robots are actually worse robots. Yeah. And we introduce this kind of idea about elitists and um, they've become sort of anti-intellectual. <laughs> they want to destroy robots that think that they're better than them. And they don't trust robots that are too smart as well. Yeah. Well, or have think, too much education. Trying to trick robots into not destroying us. Um, mm. Being smarter than something. us. Um, I do. I'm going to just quickly restate, just for the purpose of getting it out of my yeah. head, the idea of if everybody was moving to the moon, we would ha- there would be reality TV shows which are just you know a lifestyle guru who comes to your house and helps you decide what things are going to help you survive on the moon, mm. and uh, and and it does feature as well the the scene of the things that you don't need being shot into the sun. Sure. That's yeah, part yeah. of the show. Right, right. And then you just walk off with your sort of your plastic bag, your plastic vacuum bag mm-hmm. um, with your, your computer that can suck you on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm really sorry. No, uh, Alistair. Well, it's funny that we should get to the to this number of sketches because it takes us to three words from a listener, Andy. And this being the 250th episode, we're getting three three words from a friend and a listener, Brian Colella. Ah. Hello, Brian. Hi, Brian. Brian. Hi, Brian. Hope you're well, Brian. Um, Yeah, me too. Brian has has sent us, uh, speaking of science fiction uh, words, Brian has sent us three science fiction-based words. Uh, and oh, great. he would like you to guess uh, for all three. So, okay, all right. Okay. What is the first uh, word? The first word is um, robotic. Yes. <laughs> no. Eh? Really? The first word is robotic. <laughs> Andy, what what is the second word? Um, planetoid. Yes, the second word is planetoid. No, okay. <laughs> this is a trick. No, Andy. <laughs> I've got it written just here. I've got first word robotic, second word planetoid. Brian did some fucking thing where he said, I want you to <laughs> just tell Andy he's right, whatever he guesses. Andy, <laughs> that's silly. Um, do you want to try and guess what the third word is? Other words just affirm Andy's guesses? Is that what the words are? I don't recall him saying that. Okay, and the final word is um, robotic, planetoid, uh Hyperspace? Andy, you're not going to believe this. Uh-huh. That is the third oh word. Oh, my God. Yes! 
Yes. <sighs> oh, incredible. I can't I believe I guessed all three it's the words. the first time in the history of the pod Andy has guessed <laughs> from all of the words in the universe. The three correct words. Robotic, planetoid, hyperspace. That's, um, and this is, of course, like a space. Space itself that is robotic. Um, mm. You know, so it's... Uh, uh, I don't know how that would work. But but I guess if, if instead of... You know how like, they talk about, you know, uh, space-time sort of being a thing, a fabric? Mm, sure. Well, what if that fabric was metal? Sort of metal threads. Yeah. That you yeah, can so pass sort of like through. a steel wool eh? or a chain mail. Chain mail? Like a chain mail, but you're dark matter. And so you pass through it. Yep. Uh, okay. Does dark matter pass through pass through regular matter? Like a ghost? Has anybody tried to visualize the curved or like explain the curved nature of space mm. right by doing a representation of our solar system say yeah. on a curved ball right on a curved or like a, ball so so say our solar system you 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 map out our solar system as two-dimensional circles, all the objects in the, in the solar system as two-dimensional circles, and you put them on the surface of a three-dimensional sphere, right? So this is allowing us to map, you know, to, to, to see how two, a two-dimensional space maps onto a three-dimensional space, which could allow us to then picture how our three-dimensional universe then maps onto a curved four-dimensional universe. Does that make sense? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I sort of see you know like much in the way that the the sphere in a sort of a, a Visa card hologram looks mm. three dimensional in a two dimensional space. Yes, um, <laughs> I think I think that's what they actually say about the universe. That it's like we're like we're like the sixth dimension or the fifth dimension projected on to, off of a fourth dimensional space. I wasn't doing anything about projections, Alistair. Well, I, 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 I haven't engaged with Andy, your. Andy doesn't allow me to talk mind about nightmare. <laughs> Andy doesn't allow me to talk about holog- the holographic principle. <laughs> I, I do not. Um, I any time he's always trying to bring it up. He's always trying to tell me that everything's a projection onto something else. He's trying to say that there's a certain number of dimensions, then they look like there's some other different number of dimensions, and it's uh the trick is to get in early and to sense when it's coming if you can. <laughs> and I made the mistake of sort of setting him up for it this time and I shouldn't have allowed myself to do that. But, yeah, that won't happen again. <laughs> All right, we have to come up with a sketch based off of Brian's words. Yeah, okay, which were uh, robotic planetoid hyperspace? Yeah. Um, I guess a robotic planetoid. Robotic, I mean, what is hyperspace? The idea is that mm. that's the place while you're traveling. It's like you travel. Yeah. It's like a, pl- a space where there is no space, but you're kind of using it as a shortcut I, to get from to other bits of space. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think that it is. N- it's 
but it's one of those things that is just a science fiction concept. Like I've never heard any attempt to turn that into a thing in the real world, mm. right? It, uh, or, or or even explain it as being hypothetically possible. Um, it's 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 just one that they were like fuck. The reality of how big space is makes for really, really boring stories. Yeah. Um, let's find a way for to 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 get people to go from one planet to the next quickly, so that we can have our characters not constantly die of old age. Yeah, could there be a, know, a, a reason page. why, for stories, you would want your characters to go even slower than we currently are capable of? Um. <laughs> well, well. Again, you could, you could sort of map. Sorry to talk about mapping, but you could then just sort of <laughs> reverse, reverse engineer, um, space travel stories back onto, uh, the planet Earth. Hologram. Okay, right? sorry. On back onto the Earth, and then. And then have it as, I mean, this is, I, I don't know what I'm, where I'm going with this, but like, you know, if, if you imagine, if you do Star Trek, right, but it's everyone just living in villages, okay, on the earth, yeah. and then you, <laughs> you, you have, they have, I don't know, some people have cars, and... <laughs> And they could they drive very fast between villages. Yeah. What am I saying? What am I you saying? You know what's weird is that I thought I heard it, I thought I read a description of what Tarantino's version of Star Trek would be. You know how like this idea that Tarantino might direct a Star Trek movie. Yeah. And that his whole thing was that it was going to be based on Earth and it was going to be some period piece. <laughs> <laughs> And not really very Star Trekking. I don't know. Um, I guess you could you could have it if that if if you were based on Earth, but somehow we had realized that we had to take Earth to some other sun, and we had maybe been able to build build like a temporary sun to take with us. Okay, Alistair. And yes. then and then, but were you also using it as a rocket? Like the sun mm. that we're using to keep our planet going is oh, is yeah. heating That's us, cool. but then it's also being used as a, a, something to propel us. So you know, like there's a, mm. um, and and then it's taking us to another star that we can get into the right orbit of. And um, well, I wonder if we could somehow convert our sun, mm. right? Let let so, say that you could do something where you make like a ring shaped black hole, right? Yeah. I don't know what this, I don't know what this is, but it's a ring-shaped black hole, and what it does, you put, we put this on the far side of the sun, and what it does is it sucks off all of the sun, <laughs> sucks it through itself, right, and causes the sun and our solar system to start shooting through space. Now, the sun gets smaller and smaller and smaller as, as it sort of blasts us through space, and it gives... We suck the life out of our own sun, yeah. such as our like our our hunger to explore mm. and you know as the sun peters out we're sort of going towards some farther reaches and you know we think that we're going to get to somewhere really really good or we've 
convinced ourselves that the sun isn't good enough for us, our current sun, and so we just treat it like this thing to be used up, like sure. a broken down old horse, right? And ungrateful. when we finally get to somewhere, yes, we are ungrateful. We finally get to somewhere, and I don't know, it, it it's shit, or um, I mean, it could just or we be don't get to anywhere. Our star is starting to die. It's going to do that thing mm. where it expands and then envelops us. Mm. And so we decide, well, we've got, you know, 100 years, 200 years maybe. Let's start riding yeah. this puppy to another solar system mm. so that we can I like it. move to a younger sun. It's always the why, isn't it? Always move oh. on to a, to a younger, hotter. Younger, hotter <laughs> sun. <laughs> Um, is this a sketch, though? I mean, I guess it's, I guess it kind of is a sketch. It's, I mean, it's a sci-fi story. Mm, yeah, we could, you know, you could, um, we could be the people trying to pitch this to um, the world government. You know, mm. we're sort of like maybe like a couple of engineers, uh, couple of engineers. No, but I, I could be. But also, I'm picturing like some quite sort of sleazy kind of. Salespeople, guys, who've got this technology that allows us to do this, and they're the way that they're selling it to the government is basically by talking down our sun and our solar system and the, our location in the galaxy, and they sort of push us into this thing, make us it seem a little bit like a monorail, Simpsons monorail kind of thing. Yeah. Make it seem like we need this. We need to be in a different part of the galaxy. Um, and we we get on board, we get all fired up for it, um, and then realise we've made a terrible mistake. I reckon once we get to the other the other orbit, I think we'll be good. So most of travelling through space will be fun. I think it'll be a bit spooky seeing your own sun get you know slowly wither away. <laughs> that will be a bit spooky. But then. Yeah, you just don't look. You don't. You know, you don't look at the sun that much anyway. Well, we only really need one side of the sun, don't we? That's right, and also, right? it hurts your eyes already to look at the sun. It doesn't really change much if it also hurts your heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't look. Yeah, I can't look at the sun uh, because it burns my eyes. I also can't look at the sun because I feel terrible about what we've done as a species. <laughs> When I look at it, I can't look it in the eye. But I just don't think you, you just can't get too attached to a sun. Um, this is not the way, I'm not, I'm not using this as code to talk about my sons. Oh, um, uh, yes. I can get pretty attached to them. But mm. um, I think you've just got to be a bit, uh, a bit detached from your source of solar power. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you got to accept when it's served its purpose, and you got to find a new one. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, absolutely. This one's a hilarious sketch, so I'm going to take us through all the sketches. <laughs> um, just because I wrote That's it out. from a previous episode, this is Titanic Two, Titanic, um, mm. and then also the other episodes that they go to. These are the people whose souls are trapped in the. I don't know. Maybe they did something. Maybe. Uh, Maybe they they laughed at an old witch when she slipped over on some custard. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get. Do you think? Do you think a hypoth- like a, a fictional witch could put a, a curse on you? 
Because, I mean, for, yeah. for a witch, like a fictional witch, that, let's say that you just created just then, mm. I mean, witches are magic. So they probably could do the things to you from the realm of fiction. I don't see being fictional being a barrier to a, 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 a magician as powerful as this. <laughs> to, stopping <a> ma- <laughs> to stopping a magical witch. Um, um, this is basically uh, one of the arguments, for, like this is a legitimate philosophical argument for the existence of God we're describing, Alistair. Really? Oh, right. Um, well, then we have... If God's so great, being fictional wouldn't stop him from being real, I think is basically <laughs> <laughs> right. the argument. Well, I think that might have been one of St. Augustine's arguments. God's fun being a metaphysicist. <laughs> Just any old shit. I mean, to be honest, this is we are coming up with sketch ideas is basically the last refuge of the metaphysicist. <laughs> Um, all right, then we've got Pancake Family. This is a family that only eats pancakes, but they, they can prove to you that there's actually more, you know, it's, it's more rewarding than you would think. You would think it sounds sad, but then you see them cook a huge log of pancake in a rice cooker and then carve mm. it over dinner and pour the syrupy gravy over the top. And mm, they have lemon a, gravy. Yeah. Did you say lemon gravy? Sweet lemon gravy. Yeah, you know, because I have lemon and sugar on my pancakes, so I imagine they've got some kind of sweet lemon gravy. Yeah, but, you know, like, real pancakes are eaten with maple syrup, Mm. is what people would say to them. And then they would say, but (laughs) there's so many rich ways of doing it. You could just have it with brown sugar. You can have it with cinnamon and maybe some creme fraiche. Some yogurt and strawberries. Here we go. And then we got the cleanse. Ice cream. We got the cleanse, which is a lady who wants to get rid of all bacteria in her body and anything that's a bit alive. Because it's it's a bit yuck, isn't it? Gross. It's gross. A bit yuck. Yep. Um, then we got. She wants to. She wants to be the only living thing in her body. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? That's right. Sick of these freeloaders. Yeah. Some reason I picture her doing yoga a lot. Um, then we got maggot slash rat guts. This is mm. this is an alternative. Happy with this idea. Digestive system. This is a guy <laughs> who decides he's gonna get rid of this whole complicated digestive system. Put in a tray of maggots, or maybe just a box mm. with a rat in it, and then just get a mm. bit of pipe that then goes from that box or that tray. Straight to the to the bunghole. <laughs> yep. And then uh, then we got let rich people flamethrower a glacier in exchange for money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a thing. I mean, think of how much you'd be able, of, like how much money they'd be able to make for those all those Antarctic expeditions and stuff like that. If they just had like five or six flamethrowers on board and allowed a few billionaires on there, do it. Just get, do it. Get them on a raft. Try something. Get, get them on a raft. When you say flamethrower glaciers, mm. it really sounds a bit like Julio Iglesias to me. That's all. Julio, <laughs> not not Enrique. You're you're thinking about Julio still. Yeah, still stuck on Julio. Do you know who Enrique is married to? Um. 
Grimes? <laughs> no, he, he... I don't know if you remember from... like It would have been like 2002. He was started dating Anna Konnikova. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and then... And then for some reason, it came up in the last week, and I looked it up, and they're they're still together. They have a kid. Oh. oh, that's nice. Yeah, what what a blast from the past. Anyway, yeah, but what two such different sort of role models in your life? Well, one I don't know what one obviously is a te- one is a tennis hero of mine, and then of course the other is Anna Konnikova. <laughs> One I had a poster of what I had a poster of scratching their butt while playing tennis on my wall when I was a kid. <laughs> and the other <sighs> And uh, we got moving to the moon to save the earth and this is a uh, mm. mostly in a space saving a space saving uh, mission sort of uh, and there's reality yeah. TV shows that allow you to, to learn how to I still, clutter. I still think that, the, that there should be an idea where you and me do a show where we're just two guys sitting in a very crowded spaceship headed somewhere. Yeah. And then we're like <laughs> our knees are interlocked. Like that's how close we're sitting. In. And on stage, it'll just be, I guess it'll kind of just be like a bay window. We'll just be behind the window. Mm. And then it'll just be us facing each other the whole show. It's a great show. It's a great idea. It's an Let's idea. Do it. Yeah. Um, and you got, um, trying. We could call it cramped. Could be called cramped. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I guess that's what we would have by the end of the show. Um, exactly. Trying to trick robots into not destroying us or, you know, or, or into making themselves dumber. Yeah. Um, less, less, less inferior, less, whatever the opposite of inferior is. Less superior. Hmm. And then we've got using your own sun to propel you to another solar system um, and some funny stuff in there. Oh, mate. We did it. I'm so sorry. Like, it's all in the pitch. We got real tired there partway through that one. Yeah, but... I think we but got there. Alistair, we, got, we very got there. Boom, we very boom, fucking got there. Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. We really do appreciate it. I've been Andy. He's been Alistair. And you can find us all sorts of places. On Twitter at Two in Tank. I'm at Alistair GB. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. You can review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can support us on Patreon. Get all the bonus content by paying $8. Mm. Thank you for everybody who does. You can... You can... Just chip in $3 and you can give us three words. Three words. Just like Brian did and I'll guess them again. Yeah. Thank you, Brian, for those words today. Uh, And you know what? You can live your lives and be happy. I hope you're all good. I hope uh, your government is not dealing too poorly with this (laughs) scourge that we're all uh, living with. Take care. Mm. I bet you a vaccine will be around the corner soon. And... uh, Yeah. And... God, it's going to be good. I'm already dreading having to inject. 
because it's just going to be a booster like a few weeks after, and I'm already dreading having to convince my kid to go again. <laughs> anyway, and yeah. we love love you. you. Yo, 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 yo. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.